Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Hey everybody, welcome to Table Reads, episode 96, where we continue with this fucking Indiana Jones thing. Scooby-Doo? No, Scooby-Doo's over now. We went from Scooby-Doo to James Bond to a pirate movie now. I just got here, uh, I came here in a barrel of bananas. It's the only way to travel these days. That's how all the kids are doing it. I'm slick with peels and shit. I'm done doing voices. I just want to listen to the rest of this script. <laughs> I'm just here for the audience. <laughs> Wait, are, are you scrambling to get your script up on your phone right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> we have a screen. We have the script on a big projector. <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll buy you a little bit of time. Previously on Table Reads. Following Indy's Scooby-Doo adventure, as Josh mentioned, and his madcap suicide sitcom, he heads to Africa where he meets Tiki, the 200-year-old pygmy that Dr. Clark is keeping in a cage for reasons never discussed, so it's probably just some Kipling-level colonial superiority bullshit that we're supposed to just accept. Gross. Quit quit projecting on this. (laughs) Through him, we learn of immortality peaches and a golden hooped rod that can turn itself into hundreds of objects which should make it easy to find but before the location of these things can be revealed tiki is abducted by nazis including gutterbug and his machine gun finger yes prompting what else but a speedboat chase (gasps) then there's a lot of filler and exposition followed by a surprise pirate attack now in progress Fade in. This movie's fucking rad. <laughs> Exterior, riverboat, top deck. Kejur, the pirate king, stands at the edge of the boat. He still holds the screaming Claire over his shoulder. From the pirate ship, the pirates toss a grapnel rope to Kejur. The pirate king grabs bold of the rope, it says. I'm sure it means hold. The Pirate King grabs hold of the rope. Holding tightly to Claire, Kejur swings from the riverboat to the pirate ship. Indiana runs through the fighting crew members and pirates in an effort to save Claire. It's a uh, scene 46 is where we are, guys. Uh, suddenly, the sound of cannon fire. The riverboat rocks, hit by a cannonball. Indy keeps his balance. Sword in hand, he dives into the water. Indiana swims across the Zambesi toward the pirate ship. The water surrounding Indy erupts with countless sprays of bullets, cannonballs, and flying arrows. You guys don't have anything to read for like a while. No, we're just hanging out, man. We're here for uh, emotional support. And sound effects. Oh, there you sound effects? Arr. sound <laughs> Exterior riverboat, top deck. The sword-fighting crew members manage to keep the many pirates at bay. Scraggy exchanges swordplay with a pirate. The sword is knocked from Scraggy's hand. He is defenseless. The pirate comes in for the kill. He raises his sword, ready to plunge it into Scraggy's heart. The pirate suddenly pauses. A horrified look on his face. The end of a sword shoots out of the pirate's chest. A moment passes. The sword slides back inside of the pirate's chest. The pirate falls to the deck. Betsy stands behind him. She holds the bloodied sword. Scraggy gives her a thankful nod. Exterior, pirate ship. Indiana has made it across the Zambesi. He climbs up the... the, Remember, we've established that... This river is known for having deadly snakes all through it, 
We've seen a family of sunning crocodiles moments ago. And Indy's just like, swim, swim, swim. No, oh, big, no issues. No I'm big the deal. Ship. He made peace with the crocodile people in Temple of Doom, so that, that's that true. treaty carried over. That's true, yeah. Uh, he climbs up the side of the pirate ship. The pirates begin to shoot at Indy. Indy is hit. An arrow. In the arm. Uh, he dives to, <laughs> to safety in a nearby you. cannon compartment. Interior. Cannon compartment. Indy pulls the arrow out of his arm. Shuffle, he is suddenly shuffle. attacked by the pirate gunner. Uh, the two begin to struggle. Fight. Uh, Camera pans to the rear of the cannon. Moving to a close-up of the fuse. The fuse is lit. Burning. Meanwhile, Indy and the pirate fight directly in front of the cannon's open barrel. Every few seconds, each of their heads moves in front of the opening. The fuse continues to burn. Getting lower. Lower. This is like 17th century Russian roulette. (laughs) I like it. Exterior pirate ship. Top deck. Claire has been tied to a mast pole. Kezher stands in front of her. As his men battle around him, Kezher leans forward. The drooling pirate king sloppily kisses Claire along her neck. (laughs) Claire is nauseous. (laughs) Interior cannon compartment. Indy and the pirate continue to fight. The cannon fuse sparks, burning toward the bottom. The pirate pushes Indy's head inside of the cannon opening. The fuse will blow at any second. At the last moment, Indiana overpowers the pirate. Indy leaps to the floor. The pirate falls forward, face to face with the cannon opening. Boom! The cannon fires. Indy's shirt is splattered with blood. Indiana runs to a wooden staircase, hurrying up the stairs to the top deck. Exterior pirate ship, top deck. Kezure kisses the bare shoulder of the struggling, helpless Claire. <laughs> Indy emerges from the cannon compartment. Upon seeing the pirate king attack Claire, Indiana shouts, You son of a bitch! Kezure turns. He emits a gravelly laugh and scratches his neck, curiously studying Indiana. Indy extends his sword. The pirate king removes a long, sharp, golden sword. They begin to fight, moving along the deck, a fast-paced, heated sword fight. Exterior riverboat, top deck. A pirate has taken over the boat's wheel. He steers the riverboat off the regular path. It speeds toward the base of a large, thrashing waterfall. The pirate ship moves alongside of the riverboat, also headed for the waterfall. Scraggy and Betsy see the waterfall. Scraggy and Betsy sees the waterfall ahead. Bless you. Excuse me, I have to sneeze. <laughs> Exterior pirate ship, top deck. Indiana and the pirate king have climbed to the top of the ship's mast. They battle amidst the tangled ropes, swords clashing. As the two men fight, Indy notices that the pirate ship is headed for the waterfall. Indiana has a sudden realization. (laughs) Damn it. That was good. (laughs) Uh, He sees Scraggy trying to steer the riverboat in the opposite direction. Indy screams above the cannon fire. Scraggy, no! Keep going! Straight! Full steam ahead! Scraggy is confused by Indy's orders. He screams back to Indiana. What? You crazy, Indy? We be crushed. We smash into rock wall. Still sword fighting, the pirate king screams to Scraggy. No, Indiana still fighting, sword fighting, the pirate king screams to Scraggy. No, trust me. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Scraggy blesses himself. (laughs) His face is strong, confident. He revs the engine, full speed. He tightly clutches the wheel, aiming the riverboat toward the waterfall. What? Why is this dramatic? I... Like, we know that there's a secret cave behind a waterfall. Well, we only know that because they told us. Right, but it's been established. 
that they are seeking to find a cave behind a waterfall. We know that, but Indiana doesn't know that. Or Indiana does, does know that. The pirates but, don't know that. Right. But from a, an audience dramatic perspective, the audience is sitting here going, yeah, you told us about this fucking cave. That's true. I like, guess I guess the only drama is gonna be it's it's comedy at this point, right? Yeah, it's like it would be like in king. in um Last Crusade. Do you remember the the leap of faith where he steps out over the chasm? That's right. And it's just a platform that's been painted to look like a chasm. Yeah. So he takes the step out and it's dramatic, and then his foot plants, and then you turn and you see the other perspective. That it's actually a solid platform. Yeah. This is like if they showed us the platform and then the the step of fate. <laughs> they also handled that that death trap like very poorly. Wouldn't the answer have been like get on your hands and knees, <laughs> like fill yeah, out right? in front of you, and then like slowly or like, go across. or I believe that he. Uh, threw dust on it yeah, he after he took after that first they took step. off right because they want Marcus and them to come over later yeah so it's like do before like pocket sand instead of just taking a step over a dangerous chasm where you know you could be just off by a foot right right and right. plummet to to your death That's seeing true. the chasm on your way down or the the platform on your way down <laughs> just throw some dust out there but that's how you do drama this shit is not how you do drama that's true they they telegraphed it. well maybe just, they, he was kind of expecting it to be a little more in your face so you're not really remembering oh yeah waterfall behind the thing maybe he thought this action was really maybe he could have written it better to so as not to depend on people forgetting shit you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> he could have but we live in the darkest timeline. No, Sean already killed him, remember? That's right. <laughs> Indiana and Kejur swing from sail to sail, continuing their spectacular sword fight. Claire helplessly watches from the deck. The riverboat and the pirate ship continue to move side by side, moving closer, closer to the shattering waterfall. <laughs> Scraggy continues to rev the riverboat's engine, chanting various prayers under his breath. In the background, a feisty Betsy continues to sword fight. I'm from Brooklyn, so of course sword fighting comes fucking second, like, natural to me. It's like using a knife. My dad was a butcher. This is just like buttering my bread. Except with pirates. You, we're, you're fixing it. You're making this better. <laughs> yeah, that's some commentary. That, would be, like that, that would be some good dialogue. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> Between fuck. her and the Zambezi pirates. Yeah. I met pirates like you before. You think you're something? You should try hanging out on the corner of 14th and 30th. <laughs> I fought off harder pirates than you in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a baseball joke. It's, yeah, it's Pittsburgh pirates. <laughs> Oh, yeah, see? yeah, that went so far over my head. <laughs> uh, There's like one person listening. Like, <laughs> Indiana, <near Boston. laughs> Indiana and Kesher swing from sail to sail, continuing their spectacular sword fight. Claire helplessly watches from the deck. Man, fuck that. Why is she so helpless? Wait, which one? Claire. She's tied up. She's tied to the she's tied to the mast. The mast. Is she? I missed yeah. that. I said it yeah. earlier. Yeah. I was probably sneezing. I don't know how she got tied to the mast. She's been getting licked on by this pirate king. Yeah, yeah she was helpless then too. They used the word helpless on her twice now. Maybe she's Wonder Woman. I like that one of the pirates took Oh, she's been shackled by a man, yeah. so she lost all her power. All her power went away. She uh, stopped being an anthropologist. Now she's right. just a deckhand. I don't know nothing now. I'm the scullery maid. <laughs> Meanwhile, Betsy's a fucking badass because she's like, I've got a second lease on life since I failed to commit suicide three times. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. I got nothing to lose without Indy. Uh, it's all gross. The handling of women in this is just gross, top to bottom. I see no problems here. <laughs> they all belong in Banana Barrel. Scraggy. <laughs> oh, uh, the riverboat and the pirate ship penetrate the waterfall. Yeah, they do. The two boats are met with an exploding shower of powerful water. 
another helpless lady. <laughs> Crew members and pirates are tossed about the deck. Indiana and the Pirate King hold tightly to the sails to avoid being thrown into the waters below. Exterior riverboat. The aged boat tosses, tilts, spins, nearly capsizing. Boards creak and moan, ready to burst. But Scraggy holds tightly to the steering wheel, keeping the boat afloat. A powerful water sends Betsy somersaulting across the deck. Along the deck, excuse me. She tries to grab hold of something, anything that will prevent her from falling off the boat. Betsy finally clutches onto something, the arm of a dead pirate. The riverboat and the pirate ship are immersed into the waterfall. They disappear behind the thrashing curtain of water. Interior, behind the waterfall. The pirate's hidden fortress, an enormous underground cavern. Hundreds of burning torches cast a devilish glow. The gray rocks of the cavern walls stretch upward, filled with countless tiny caves. Various stone artifacts and ancient utensils are scattered throughout the cavern. There are several other pirates here, armed, waiting for the return of the pirate ship. The riverboat and the pirate ship enter the cave. The rushing waterfall thrashes behind them. The battered and bruised riverboat comes to a rough stop, screeching along a far wall. The pirate ship sails to a smooth stop in the middle of the cavern. Armed with guns, knives, and swords, the pirates hurriedly surround the intruding riverboat. They take Betsy, Scraggy, and the crew members captive. Kejur leaps to the pirates to the pirate ship's deck and quickly unties Claire. Indiana attempts to follow. He pauses, quickly grabbing a few sticks of dynamite from the pirate ship deck. Kejur begins to lead Claire off of the ship, his sword at her throat. Indiana calls out, Wait! Kejur stops. He turns. Indy walks toward Kejur, stopping less than ten feet from the Pirate King and Claire. Indy's eyes burn through Kejur. Free the girl! Glances to his captive friends. And my friends! Lights a match, moves it toward TNT fuses. Or I blow your hide out here, out of the water. Kejur laughs. <laughs> Indiana lights the dynamite. What the fuck fuse. was that? <laughs> Would you become that guy from the bar? <laughs> yeah, he's he's French. Clearly, you're, you're, you're the French pirate. He's a French. He's, he's, a, he's French an Asian dude. pirate. He's an Asian dude. Was he an Asian dude? Yeah. Was that a voiceover? Or were you? Was a Kajer was an Asian dude. I don't recall doing a voice for him. Did yeah, anyone I, do a voice I for him? Has he, he spoken? Was it me? If it's Asian, I'll just do. My voice. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah, I can't wait to be a pirate. Yours. <laughs> Indiana lights the dynamite fuses. Kejor stops laughing, worried for a moment. Then the pirate king breaks into a wide, defiant smile. Good. We will all die. A standoff. Indy, Indy didn't expect this. He is suddenly frightened, puzzled. Betsy, Scraggy, and Claire stare at Indy, waiting for his next move. As the dynamite fuse slowly burns, getting closer, closer to the TNT. Kejor seems calm, perfectly willing to die. Indy gets another idea. He blurts it out to Kejor. We can take you to the lost city of Sung Wukong. Ha! Better men than you have tried to find a Ross City. They have all failed. <laughs> you are a fool. As the fuse, as the TNT fuse burns lower, lower. No, you're the fool. You and your friends are hiding out in Sun Wukong's water curtain cave, and you didn't even know it. Huh? <laughs> Scraggy and Betsy exchange a shocked glance. Claire is also surprised by the news. Somehow. The TNT fuse nears the end, ready to blow at any second. Indiana removes the ancient scroll from his pocket. He extends the scroll to Kejur. The sacred Paicho scroll. Kejur grabs the scroll, attempting to read it. 
What? Uh, uh, does this one make the buh sound? What is a map? <laughs> That's not in there. The worst pirate. <laughs> uh, Indy interrupts. Don't bother. Only we can translate it. Kesher examines the scroll, puzzled by the writing. Indiana and Scraggy exchange a hopeful glamp. Kesher pauses. It says glamp. It's glamp. Glampy. Thinking, he mumbles to himself. The Rossa City said to have a streets paved in gold. Treasures far greater than mortal man could imagine. Kesher pushes Claire away toward Indiana. Claire embraces Indy as he blows out the dynamite fuse. Not how fuses work. Kesher growls at Indy. Your pathetic lives will be spared for now, but everything we find in the raw city belongs to me. Fat chance, Sinbad. It's 50-50, or you've got no deals. It is my way, or you got no head. Cut to interior water curtain cave that night. A group of pirates sit together, drunk, they sing one of their ancient songs. The guitar strumming crew member accompanies them. Indiana and Scraggy sit around a blazing fire with Kesher and several of the pi- other pirates. Indy, wearing his spectacles, translates the scrolls with Scraggy. Indiana is puzzled, troubled. He looks at Scraggy. Read that last proverb again. High tide drowns curiosity. Low tide quenches thirst. There's something here. Something that could help us. Meanwhile, Betsy and Claire work in another section of the cave. Claire is doing some archaeological work, studying the various artifacts and utensils. Betsy assists her. They are surrounded by leering, hungry-eyed pirates. The drunken pirates don't take their eyes off the girls. Betsy notices. She points it out to Claire. Look at them. It's like they've never seen a woman before. To them, we're the ultimate women. Kind of flattering, isn't it? Being the girl of 200 guys' dreams. Claire and Betsy exchange a chuckle. Meanwhile, Indiana, Scraggy, and Casual walk through the cavern. Indy is looking around. Curious, he turns to Kesher. Is there an area, a place where the tide changes? Kesher leads Indiana and Scraggy into a dark corner of the cavern. A large, smooth wall stretches to the ceiling. The wall is filled with intricate cracks. At the base of the wall, water slowly pours into the cavern. Kesher points to the water. In a few hours, the water will be much lower. Much lower. And the remainder of this wall will be visible? Kesher nods. Indiana's eyes light. A realization. He excitedly turns to Kesher. We're gonna need light. A lot of light on this wall. Kesher nods. Indiana exchanges an anxious, hopeful glance with Scraggy. Dissolve to, close up, a snoring pirate. (laughs) Camera pulls back. All of the pirates sleep. Their slumbering bodies lie in various positions throughout the cave. I hope Betsy just comes through with a sword and just stabs them all. One after another. This is just like Jersey. (laughs) Like shooting pirates on the Zambezi. (laughs) Stab, stab, stab. (laughs) Murder's just like riding a bike. (laughs) You never forget how to do it. Uh, The flickering orange light of the torches illuminates the wall in front of them. Oh, wait. Indiana and Kesher are still awake. The flickering orange light of the torches illuminates the wall in front of them. They await the lowering tide. Scraggy, Betsy, and Claire sleep on the ground beside them. Kesher pours two glasses of whiskey from a stone bottle. He gives a glass to Indiana. Kesher toasts. To my good fortune. Kesher gobbles down the whiskey. Indiana reluctantly drinks. Kesher pours two more glasses, laughing. <laughs> you know, we are very much alike, Dr. Jones. I doubt that. We both share a remarkable talent for caring. 
I've never gotten used to killing pal. I do it for survival. I do it for pressure. Indiana downs his whiskey. A laughing Kejor does the same. Indiana notices something on the wall. He jumps to his feet. Camera pans to the wall. The tide is very low. The entire wall is now visible. What were once simple cracks have become a specific lines of a map. A group of arrows leads to an X at the bottom corner of the map. A fascinated Kejor in Indiana study the wall. This is dumb. <laughs> this is incredible. This map was obviously used by Sun Wukong's disciples, if they were ever lost. These drawings, they are of the surrounding jungle. Points to the X. Where is that? It is located at the most southeastern part of the jungle, near the mountains. There is a village there, the Mongubu tribe. You know them? Very well. I traded with the chief for many years. Good. We'll leave in the morning. Camera pans from Indiana and Kejor to a dark cave, a few feet away. Standing inside is the figure of the mysterious crew member, the traitor. His face is hidden in the shadows. Again, he radios back to Nazis. He whispers in German. Camera dollies into a close-up of his radio microphone. A red swastika adorns the microphone. Way to be undercover, guy. <laughs> also, where's this technology coming from? You ever use your cell phone in a cave? No. You know why? Why? Because radio waves don't get through that shit. Yeah, they don't. No. Well, let's just wrap it up. This is dumb now. <laughs> Exterior jungle plains the following afternoon. Scraggy's decrepit Model T taxi putters across the flat jungle terrain. The hot sun shines in the background. The car is completely packed with people, ready to burst. Scraggy drives. Indiana, Claire, and Betsy are crowded in the front seat. Kesher and four pirates ride in the rear compartment. (laughs) Everyone is uncomfortable, cramped, sweating. Two of Scraggy's crew members straddle the sideboard. Three men sit on the roof, including the guitar player, who plays a delightful melody. Various rusted pots, pans, and other utensils dangle from the car. This creates a charming jingling sound. The taxi passes a herd of giraffe. The beautiful animals stare in bewilderment at the passing taxi. Suddenly, there is a distant sound. The same low rumbling we heard earlier. The giraffes scatter, afraid of the unnatural sound. Interior, taxi. The bizarre sound echoes through the taxi. Indy exchanges a puzzled look with the others. That sound, again. Still far away, but getting closer. The sound stops. Indiana is bothered, disturbed. Kesher leans forward. He points to a clustered area of jungle, nearly a mile in the distance. The village is there, beyond the thick of jungle. Scraggy nods. He drives toward the village. Suddenly, an arrow shoots through the window, just missing everyone. It shatters the passenger window. A tribe of native warriors appear on the terrain. There are hundreds, screaming in high-pitched squeals, their bodies adorned with red and white paint. The angry warriors run toward the taxi, firing arrows. On the taxi roof, the men dive for cover. Arrows whiz by their heads. Inside, everyone rolls up the windows. The taxi is attacked with a shower of arrows. Scraggy floors the gas. The taxi keeps moving ahead, speeding toward the jungle. Indiana glares at Kejor. Thought you said they knew you. Kejor gives a puzzled shrug. Hmm. The warriors continue to chase the taxi, getting closer, firing more arrows. The taxi spins to a stop, directly in front of a large opening that leads into the jungle. You know how jungles have the big entrance at the... the... No, it says, welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle! (laughs) That's where that song came from. That's it, historically accurate. I, I never realized. I gotta I gotta give Axel his credit. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, the warriors stop outside of the opening. 
they don't enter. Turning to each other, they begin to laugh. <laughs> Victorious. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, Docs and Docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Mayor, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput. Which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. So that was a lot of action. Some excitement. It's, it's everything I've expected from this script. I'm super happy with it. I really like your Khajur. He's a very honorable pirate. <laughs> It is feeling a more a little bit more indie-ish, finally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I debate three episodes in. <laughs> no. Yeah. This could have been the opening. It could just yeah. started here. Like You can't start in the middle of a pirate's with cannonballs guns. <laughs> yeah, he totally could. Like they could you he could have been could. he could have been on vacation and like they could have been at that bar, right? Like with that that dude with the fancy Yeah, boat. The, the Scottish people should have been like Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. We got pirates over here. There you go, the Irish pirates. See, that's even better. Is Irish pirates? Was there such a thing as Irish pirates? It could be. There's like a lot of water around there. Irish pirates. Who even knows? Fade in. Interior. Jungle. An almost perfect path has been cleared through the thick jungle. Indiana and the others run through the path. Indy suddenly pauses, motioning for the others to stop. A puzzled look covers his face. Wait. Listen. They're not following us. One of the pirates continues to move forward. His foot trips a thin string that stretches across the path. Whoosh! A booby-trapped palm tree swings forward. It slams into the pirate like a giant baseball bat. It sends the pirate flying upward high into the air. His body is thrown several feet into the jungle. Several feet? Like eight. A few feet. Eight feet. You know, many feet. (laughs) Many feet. It's a many feet. Indiana exchanges a cautious look with the others. Be careful where you step. We've got to move slowly. Very slowly. (laughs) I have some experience with these things. You may have seen my first two films. (laughs) Have you seen my body of work? I hate booby traps. (laughs) Indiana leads everyone. They creep through the path. Indy pauses. Camera pans to his waist. A section of vine stretches across the path. Another booby trap. At waist height? What? And it's a vine? That's not very subtle. It's for the people in wheelchairs. (laughs) No handicap explorers come through here. You gotta mix it up. So like some waist height, some head height. And they all kind of look like vines. They're like setting up, they're like, this isn't very handy capable. <laughs> Indiana crawls beneath the vine. He motions for the others to follow. One by one, they carefully crawl beneath the vine. Beneath the vine. The guitar player is last. He begins to crawl through. He nearly makes it when the top of his guitar hits the vine. Twang! The vine snaps. There is a creaking sound. A giant metal trap over four feet high shoots up from the ground. A human trap. The guitar player dives to safety. The trap's sharp metal teeth snap shut. The guitar is snapped in two. Twang. Soon, the path erupts with countless rows of traps. They eject from the ground, snapping shut, one after the other. Everyone begins to run. 
The traps snap shut only a few feet behind them. Everyone rounds a corner. They come upon an enormous pit over 10 feet deep. That that seems... Enormous? Less than enormous for an Indiana Jones film. True. 10 whole feet. I bet there's spikes at the bottom. 10 feet deep. Careful, everybody. You might sprain an ankle. (laughs) Ow. Filled with countless layers of scorpions. Little better. Are they the, the, the concerned scorpions? Yeah, they're, they're, that's why they have anxiety. Yeah, they're anxious scorpions. <laughs> the locals kept picking them oh, yeah. up and throwing them in the pit. <laughs> there is nowhere to turn. Nowhere to run. The metal traps continue to shut behind them. Indiana removes his sword. He slices <laughs> at a bamboo tree. The traps continue to shut behind him. Getting closer. Closer. What's a bamboo tree? There are thatches of bamboo made up of bamboo stalks. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe it was grafted onto like a palm tree. Maybe it's a hybrid. Maybe he doesn't know much about botanical things. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Luther fucking Burbank over here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Indiana gives a final whack to the tree. It falls, stretching across the pool, a few feet above the stinging scorpions. Indiana begins to climb across, moving hand over hand. Everyone hurriedly follows. The bamboo tree creaks with their mo- every movement. Their feet dangle inches above the scorpions. The last pirate grabs hold of the bamboo tree just as the final metal trap shuts, just missing them. I guess they're going across a, a, a real thick bamboo shoot. That's what I'm going to have to go with. Yeah. Well, could they run around the pit? I mean, it's only... It, they didn't say it wasn't a hundred feet wide. Right. No, it's just like... It's, I imagine it's like a pit that, that you would fall into if you were running, but like they stopped, so they should be like, oh, let's go let's go around the school. Maybe there's pit. traps. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe the woods are too thick. Maybe, oh, the, yeah, yeah. maybe the scorpions are really anxious on those sides. But the presumably are, it's like 16 feet across or something. Something sure. they can't jump over. But the traps there. are coming up in like single file lines. So if they just like break left. It's really right, thick okay. jungle. Like uh, the area was cleared out. So it's like leading them into the traps. Um, or the trees are haunted like in the Wizard of Oz. <gasps> I don't know. It's the predator. Blaine. <laughs> Uh, I lost my place. Um, oh yeah. As the last pirate makes his way across the pit, he drops a small bag of cold coins. The coins rest a few feet below, directly on top of the scorpions. Rich scorpions! The pirate pauses, deciding whether to climb to safety or retrieve the coins. Oh god. Everyone else has made it across. The greedy pirate wants his money. With his left hand, he holds tightly to the bamboo tree. With the other, he reaches for the coins. His fingers are inches from the coins. But he loses his grip. He falls into the pit, surrounded by hundreds of scorpions. He struggles to get out, climbing, swimming, but he only manages to sink. The pirate's screams die as his body is engulfed by the stinging scorpions. A pinch, 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 sting, sting, sting. Indiana and the others continue ahead, moving slowly, carefully. Someone's foot steps on a wooden trigger. God damn it! (laughs) Twang. There there is another creaking sound. Behind everyone, a large bamboo door ejects from the ground. It leads to an underground cage. The door creaks open. Three ferocious lions leap out. Teeth bared. What the fuck? Growling. They come for the humans. How long have they been there? Dear listener, please do not wonder how these lions have been fed or cared for. Just accept that these are... They're also fucking lions. Like, wouldn't it be tigers in a jungle? Like, also true. Like, 
These lions, though, I guess they've just been given immor- immortality peaches. Surprise lions! Ah! <laughs> Roll for initiative. <laughs> Shit! Everyone dashes forward, running. The lions are in hot pursuit. Fast. The humans don't stand a chance. Suddenly, Claire stops. She turns, facing the charging lions. Indiana looks back, screaming. Claire, what are you? The lions stop, inches from Claire. They surround her, ready to attack. Indiana watches, puzzled. Claire begins to make bizarre purring and cooing sounds. The lions pause. They recognize the sounds. Claire continues. The lions begin to warm up to her. Claire kneels. She pets the beasts. The lions snuggle up to Claire, licking her face. Indiana and the others come closer, puzzled. Claire explains. I imitated the sounds of a lion mother calling her babies. Betsy is impressed. Indiana smiles, relieved. All our listeners go, what the fuck? (laughs) You heard it right. Come on, let's get out of here. Indy turns, face to face with a grotesque, shrunken head. He steps back. The shrunken head is worn around the neck of a tall, muscular tribal chief. Leader of the warriors. Countless natives stand behind the chief. A look of anger, hate, covers the chief's face. Indiana gives a hopeful glance to Kejor. Is this the tribal chief you told me about? Your friend? Points to shrunken head. No, that is him. Indiana rolls his eyes. The warriors surround everyone. Arrows aimed, ready to kill. The warriors lead everyone out of the path. Exterior, Mangubu Village. I just wanted to be able to say Mangubu. (laughs) It was Mangubu before, now it's Mangubo. Yeah, whatever changed. I like Mangubu. I like Mangubu. Yeah. Mangubu. Several grass huts are scattered throughout this large village. Indiana and the others are led into the village. They pass the penetrating, unfriendly glares of the villagers. Kesher explains to Indiana. This is a different tribe. Now, they have taken over the village. What happened to the other tribe? Kesher shrugs. Indiana turns to Scraggy. You recognize their language? Oh, great. Uh, this just says, page 73, missing from hard copy. Suddenly, a voice echoes from inside of the oven. The natives listen. Again, the voice shouts from inside. I don't know why there's an oven. I'm going to guess that they got carried away like C-3PO by the Ewoks. Oh, my. And that they put someone in an oven. (laughs) It's Scraggy. The natives recognize the language. They quickly open the oven door. Scraggy is screaming in the tribe's tongue. The grill is pulled out of the oven. The natives hurriedly untie the slightly smoked Indiana, Kejor, and Scraggy. Scraggy shoots to his feet, furious. He begins to shout at the tribal chief. The chief and the villagers are awestruck by Scraggy's words. The nervous chief orders Claire, Betsy, and the others untied. Scraggy whispers to Indiana. I tell him we divine messengers of Sun Wukong. If he interfere with our mission... Jade Emperor come down from heavens and destroy his village. Indy smiles. Scraggy turn. Wow, why didn't he say that shit before they got put in an oven? For real, though. What they- happened on this missing page? I feel like Scraggy has to like interact with the people for a little while and hear their their language before he can pick it up. Uh, I think he was. This is the language from the thing he translated. The map. Oh, like okay. Yeah, he doesn't oh, okay. pick up languages. Oh, well, I like, was just. I mean, it seems like he minutes. can speak every fucking language, so he has a superpower. Indy thought, says that he has that he speaks eighteen languages earlier in this. Oh, story. I thought he was a mutant. That's a different. <laughs> That's what it is. I figured it. You know, what's one more movie? Right. <laughs> yeah, we throw an X Men movie into our. Awesome, dude! I want to see that movie. Yeah. Uh, Scraggy turns again and shouts to the chief. The chief obeys Scraggy's every word. He leads Indian Scraggy to another area of the village. Scraggy translates for Indiana. 
I tell him we lose path to city. I ask if he has something to help us. The chief leads Indian Scraggy into a large grass hut. Interior, grass hut. Empty, save for an elaborate, elaborate marble altar. A dull mirror rests on the altar. The small mirror is surrounded by a crude stone frame. The chief picks up the mirror and gives it to Scraggy. The chief explains. Scraggy gives the mirror to Indiana. He said this will help us. And since we are divine messengers, we will know how to use it. Indiana smirks. He examines the mirror, totally confused by it. Cut to exterior, Mangubu village, dawn. The village sleeps, quiet, peaceful. Scraggy's Model T is parked here. Several of the crew members and pirates are sleeping in and around the car. Kesher is sprawled on the car's roof, snoring. It is obvious that they have camped here for the evening. Suddenly, a slight tremor surges through the village. A soft vibration. Cooking utensils rattle. Grass huts shake. Interior, grass hut. Indiana sleeps here, in a hammock. The vibration wakes Indy. As he moves to climb out of the hammock, a figure leaps on top of him. Betsy. Indy! I'm frightened. I'm claustrophobic. Indiana attempts to push push Betsy out of the hammock. Okay, what do you want to bet that Claire's Claire going to witness all by, this? Yeah. And wah, wah. I don't like you guys fucking. <laughs> <laughs> she resists. They begin to wrestle, struggle. The hammock becomes tangled around their bodies. <laughs> Claire walks by the hut. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> she looks inside. To her, it appears that Indy and Betsy are in the middle of a passionate love scene. She emits a shocked gasp. (gasps) Indiana sees Claire. He calls out. Claire! Wait! But the startled Claire hurries away. Indiana manages to escape Betsy and the tangled hammock. He lands on the floor, breathless. Exterior village. The vibrating intensifies. The ground begins to rumble. The surrounding trees shake. The villagers pour out of their huts, gathering in the middle of town, frightened. Indiana and Betsy join Scraggy, Claire, Kesher, and the others. Betsy is puzzled by the tremors. An earthquake? The tribal chief steps forward. He says one word in his language. Scraggy translates for the others. Wildebeest. Cut to a herd of stampeding wildebeest. Hundreds of the raging animals plow through the jungle, moving fast. They crush everything in their path. Exterior, Mangubu village. The vibrating is louder, harder. The villagers panic. They run away, scattering into the jungle. Indiana and his party are clustered together. Claire exclaims, We have to get out. Or we'll be crushed to death. Scraggy, how close? Scraggy puts his ear to the trembling ground. He listens. Two miles. Indy dashes to the Model T supply rack. He tosses shovels to each of the group. He looks around. Where's the softest ground? What a dumb line. Where's the softest ground? That I can lay Betsy on. Scraggy puts his head back down to the dirt. (laughs) Right here. Right here. (laughs) He's pretty soft. (laughs) I'm getting sleepy. (laughs) Scraggy asks a passing villager. The villager shouts some gibberish and continues running. Scraggy points off screen toward a communal graveyard. Cut to the wildebeest. Snorting, stomping, carving a wide path through the thick jungle. Small animals run for their lives. Squeak, squeak. Bunnies dash ahead of the herd. Monkeys swing to other trees. The angry wildebeest continue ahead. Exterior, village. Indiana and the others stand in the large graveyard. Shovels in hand. They have dug a large hole. Pieces of decayed bodies and skeletons protrude from the surrounding hole. Scraggy stares at the ghastly sight, eyes wide, fearful. He begins to babble, hysterical. Oh no, many dead spirits, bad spirits, we must stay away. 
Indy interrupts by pushing Scraggy into the open grave. What a dick! Scraggy falls into the arms of a skeleton. He screams. Ah! (laughs) Cut to the herd of wildebeest, bursting through a section of jungle. (laughs) They arrive on the vast jungle plain. Directly ahead of them, several feet in the distance, is the Mangubu village. The wildebeest heads straight for the village. Exterior village, deserted, no sign of human life. Everything trembles with the force of a major earthquake. The wildebeest arrive, destroying the village. Grass huts are flattened. The enormous stone oven collapses, crumbling to pieces. Scraggy's Model T is overturned. With nothing left standing, the wildebeest move on. The village has been completely devastated, surrounded with a heavy cloud of dust. Camera pans to the graveyard. Grave markers and tombstones lie broken and crushed. Countless hoof prints cover the flat ground. The dust begins to settle. The graveyard ground suddenly buckles, moving. A hand shoots out. Indiana climbs out of the dirt. He is followed by the others, who also climb out from underground. Everyone is unhurt, safe, protected by the ground above. A skeleton has attached itself to Betsy, refusing to let go. Hold on, so they buried themselves alive? That was... That was the plan? What did they have, like, little mongubu straws that they stuck through the dirt to breathe? Like what the fuck? And... So many questions. What would you do? What's, I your, what's your big plan for the wildebeest? I would have dug the big pit and let the wildebeest fall into it. <gasps> and put yeah. scorpions in it. You could have just made a, a pit. Yeah, like yeah, a, a moat, mean, right? That's half the work. Right? They did twice as much work. All right, everybody jump in and I'm going to bury us all alive. <laughs> what? So <laughs> your village gets destroyed. We get buried alive. Your village gets destroyed. The wildebeests move on. And can circle back around later and then kill us all. Or they could fall in the pit. Village is safe. Everyone else is safe. No one gets buried alive. Wildebeests are contained. Bury them alive. Eat them. Eat the the Cut their head off like the end of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Any plan but this plan. (laughs) Any plan. All right. We're going to bury ourselves. We're gonna seduce the wildebeest. Hey, you know how we all have <laughs> You know how we all have guns and swords and shit? Oh yeah. I mean maybe that could have helped. That's true, maybe shoot out on the arrows. Like, oh, shit. Just a thought. Wildebeest. Was that like Unicorn? <laughs> I don't know. Scraggy Indy and a few of the men run to the overturned Model T taxi. They grab hold of the car and turn it back upright. Claire looks at the devastated village. Betsy stands beside her, struggling to escape from the clutches of the skeleton. Claire looks into the distance, watching the defeating, the departing wildebeest. She is troubled, worried. That's odd. Wildebeest will not stampede unless provoked. Which is a thing that, as, uh... As an anthropologist, I would totally know, right? I've seen Lion King. Haven't you seen <laughs> Hamlet, Disney version? Wildebeest. <laughs> Suddenly, the same low rumbling sound from earlier echoes through the area. But this time, it is loud, nearly deafening. Scraggy looks at Indy. Scraggy looks at Indy. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of a Lion King thing. <laughs> this time, it's very close, Indy. Very close. At that moment, directly behind Scraggy and Indy, the jungle erupts. The trees separate, crashing to the ground, making way for some giant behemoth. Is this is this the smoke monster from Lost? I hope it's the smoke monster from Lost. It's the polar bear from Lost. It's the polar bear being chased by the smoke monster. That's right. Scraggy and the others leap in one direction. Indiana leaps in another. A giant tank shoots out of the jungle. A metal monstrosity. One of a kind. 
the tank is over 10 times the size of a normal tank. <laughs> it is uber tank. It's nearly 100 feet long, over 25 feet high. That is two stories tall. I don't think they understand how physics works. How this <laughs> is a building. It's a sand crawler. How'd, yeah. they, how'd they get through the waterfall? <laughs> right? <laughs> it is equipped with three levels. On the top level is the tank's swiveling gun barrel. <sighs> Enormous. The size of a cannon. Well, yeah. Two giant blazing red swastikas adorn both sides of the tank's second level. The tank runs over Scraggy's Model T. The car is flattened. A thick cloud of dust erupts from the ground. Interior, tank. Gutterbug is here. He views the outside action through a periscope. Two Nazi gun... Oh, wait, a periscope? So that's looking up the top, right? You can't see shit. So Three stories All up. he's seeing is fucking treetops. Skies are clear, Captain! Everything looks good from here. <laughs> Everything looks I see cool. no sign of this Indiana Jones. Or the grounds for that matter. <laughs> I haven't seen the ground for days. It's a cannon that's the size of a cannon. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) I've tried to compare it in my head. Like, (laughs) what if it's a huge tank with a normal tank cannon on it? Like, (laughs) it it plays like a cartoon when I read it. It's like, it's enormous. It's the size of a cannon. It's like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, it's so big. It's like, goddamn cannon. Two Nazi gunners are behind him, waiting for orders to shoot. Tiki stands in the background. The confused pygmy is bound and gagged. Outside, Scraggy, Claire, Betsy, Kajur, and the others dash across the plains, running away from the pursuing tank. But Indiana is not with them. Scraggy, unable to see through the dust, calls out, Indy! Indy! Indiana is several feet away, on the ground. Alone, lost in the thick of dust. Suddenly, a dark figure appears, towering over Indiana. The dust begins to clear, revealing a protruding white horn. More dust clears. We see that the figure is a large black rhinoceros. Indy leaps to his feet. The rhino snorts. Indy turns to run. The rhino chases him. Meanwhile, with most of the dust cleared, the tank chases Indy's friends across the jungle plains. Wait, what are jungle plains? That's a good question. Plains I've... are big, wide open, flat areas without trees. Does he and mean. And jungles are trees. Well, so he put lions here, so he might mean savanna. Shit. But right? there have been tons There's of trees the whole time. There's a few trees in the savanna. Like, you can be, like, on the edge of the savanna, right? Like,. It's why they didn't see the Nazi hotel driving through the jungle. <laughs> jungle plains, not a thing, That's, right? Uh, I agree. Maybe he's, maybe just, I mean, all the creatures. I don't talk for a while. live in the savannah, something. right? Look, this is, this is why I wish we had more listeners because we don't get emails correcting us on shit. Oh, that's true. For example, I discovered today... Uh, I spent all of Gladiator 2 talking shit about why the Emperor's kid didn't become the Emperor. He wasn't the Emperor's kid. He was the Emperor's nephew. Nephew, yeah. And no one sent me an angry email saying, hey, asshole, he's his sister's kid, not his kid. Oh. It's because we fixed it. So (laughs) I spent all those episodes just being an asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally owe... That so, guy, an apology. Oh, yeah. We we need to write Nick Cave a letter, say, hey, sorry. Your script apparently is genius. I mean, he wrote this with his red right hand, and you're just shitting all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hanging out in the in the mushroom tent. <laughs> Dude. Or maybe we don't have anybody writing bad emails. We have tons of listeners, but we're always right, so nobody can correct us. See, I like, I like Jeff. Yeah. He always has a positive outlook on things. You know, it just doesn't track with my experience of the internet. That's true. If 
five people are listening, three of them are going to correct you on some shit. And two of them want you to die. Shit. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> now, we do have a fair amount of listeners. Uh, they just don't interact. They don't say like, oh, hey, that uh, that thing, you were wrong. Or, hey, good job on that. Definitely <laughs> oh, no, no, that. Maybe no. it's because they're driving and they forget by the time they get home and they're going to shit on us. <laughs> Let's just That's ask. That's true. Listen, if you guys if you guys are out there, just interact. Like, send, send us, us a shitty email. Send us an email. Send us a tweet at the table reads. Yeah. Let us, uh, let us and, know. And say, tell us that you knew that he was the nephew all along. Or tell, convince me that it wasn't his son because of the weird sexual tension between those two characters. That's true. There was weird sexual tension. There was a lot of that, yes. Also, still, he didn't have a brother, so either his sister would become emperor or it would go to his nephew. So my point still stands, no matter what that kid's fucking relation is. Yeah, I mean, he makes a point. Send Sean all your incest... Uh, <laughs> theories. Da, da, da. Just blow him up. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say videos. <laughs> With video evidence. I don't need any of that. We draw the line at that. No, no. <laughs> that's that's for other people. That's where your line about. is? So, jungle planes. <laughs> if, if you know what the fuck a jungle plane is, let us know at the table reads. Uh, plenty of people who play Minecraft know. Interior, tank. <laughs> Gutterbug looks into the periscope. Indy's friends are in his sight. Gutterbug screams to the gunners. Fire! Fade out. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta keep this, uh, this, this cliffhanger thing going on, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you definitely scared the shit out of somebody. <laughs> when they get out of the hospital, they're going to want to listen to the next episode. I think Jeff peed. I did. I was looking up incest porn and I don't know. No, he was looking up jungle planes. I was looking at his phone. He's yeah. like, oh, Minecraft people know what a jungle plane is. <laughs> so really, not um, not too bad an episode. Some real, real dumb shit. Some basic lack of understanding, but you got to give it to him. It's before the internet. I'm sure they would have fixed some of this on set. Like they would have been like, "Hey, they no, no lion, tigers on, on like, the spot." Oh, oh, they fixed yeah. it. They fixed it by Turn, throwing this away and writing a different movie. Turning it into the Last Crusade. Yeah, so they, they fixed the shit out of the script. So they they fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I'm still stuck on the whole jungle plane thing. I think they just mean Savannah. But it was clearly a jungle. Well, sure. Yeah, they were in a jungle. It was welcome to the jungle. There's a village in the jungle. They're talking about jungles all along. And nobody gets a savanna and a jungle mixed up. There's no wildebeest in the jungle either. Wakanda's kind of like that, right? Like, when you watch Endgame, there's like a jungle... And then there's like it, the big it field. It butts up against in. the savannah. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't fucking know. I'm not a a, a botanist. But he put that shit or, together. Jungle plains, compound word. I can't believe this is what y'all are fucking stuck on. And not the three story <laughs> fucking swastika tank. Look, some things through. are just. I really like the swastika tank, like, dude. The swastika tank's sick, and just to know that there's a guy driving it that has a machine gun for a goddamn arm. Now, what kind of mileage do you think this thing gets? Not none. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> like it's gotta be hauling a tanker behind it, right? It's just a, or a tanker driving behind it, just constantly pouring gas in. There's, there's four trucks dragging it in front of it. <laughs> we haven't quite figured out the motor. I'm, I'm trying to... A fine German engineering has not fucking figured this shit out yet. I've been listening or reading the script. Uh, listening. Uh, reading the script, I'm trying to build the trailer in my mind. And this, this Nazi tank is perfect for like near the end of the trailer. Oh, absolutely. Like, like Indiana battles Nazis in a giant tank in the jungle with pirates. Can like, you imagine this like, trailer? Yeah, it'd be awesome, right? Like, like it's like Indy fighting the ghost dogs with the ghost captain, and then he's fighting fucking Nazis on a speedboat, and then he's clashing swords with a pirate, and then there's an eighty foot Nazi tank right? guy with a machine gun arm, and you're like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Am I watching the the? 
trailer for a season of television. It's right. awesome, <laughs> right? Like, so this 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 actually works as a season for an Indiana Jones show. Yeah, but if like, you were doing it, the Adventures of Indiana Jones, and every episode was a self-contained yeah, episode. Yeah, this yeah, would be sick. Yeah, like, it'd be great. Yeah, there yeah. are elements in this that are one, really fun. Like one adventure, one quest should not take you on all these steps. No, these are too many adventures. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's unfocused. I, I agree it's unfocused. Yeah. I get you with that. Yeah. Um. Jeff, you can find him online uh, most days just putzing around. On Reddit. Um, but you can't find him. But if you, if you go to his house, you'll you'll find him looking up that incest porn. Sean will find me after all my emails after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. Hey, Josh. You can tell find, us about your stuff. You can find me at joshuajbaker.com. I do videography, a uh, little bit of voiceover work, and yeah, you can contact me directly, me at joshuajbaker.com. I have, uh, I think I have my portfolio up right now there. Ooh. Yeah, so I have that if you want to okay. take a look there. I think by this, by the time this comes out, it'll be up. <laughs> Great. And Table Reads is available everywhere that you can possibly download a podcast. For a full list, go to tablereadspodcast.com slash listen. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, as mentioned previously, at The Table Reads, on Instagram, at The Table Reads. Um, if you want to listen to podcasts on YouTube for some reason, just go to youtube.tablereadspodcast.com. And finally, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tablereads. Guys, we're going to see you next week for some more Indiana Jones. And uh, like and subscribe in the meantime. And until then, we'll miss you. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit tablereadspodcast.com. Cut to black. Black, black.